Okay, well, like, are we starting? I don't know. Are we? Are we starting? <laughs> this is a great way to start this one. This is wonderful. I mean, we could always trim off the first little bit. Trim off the first bit. Doesn't matter. It's all good. What episode are we on? I don't even know. Is there a topic? Yes. Yes, there is. Danny's like, I know nothing with. Why, why did I show I up was asked, I was asked to come show up, and uh, what's the topic that we're doing now? What's going on? I think I made a mistake coming sober. It's really an intervention, is what this is. Oh, for me? Yep. Oh, that's good. That's good. Well, like, the main reason why we're here is to talk about consistency. Um, Hodges was talking about how we should do another podcast because we've been inconsistent with our podcasting, and he wanted to talk about consistency. So, um, all things rehab consistency, training consistency, um, you name it, we're going to talk about it. So, are we? I, th- I think so. Well, <laughs> we'll find out where we go with this. You know, yeah, where, where it happens. Yeah. So I'll get Jesse to start off. I think we should just keep rambling for a bit because it's keep not- rambling till it gets less awkward. Okay. All right. Well, <laughs> I'm just gonna let you know I'm not getting less awkward. No. <laughs> I still gotta put in the show sponsor too. I've never found Dan Beyond. Oh yeah, myself. for sure. <laughs> go go ahead. Who's sponsoring us yeah, today? Who's sponsoring us? My parents. Nice. <laughs> They're not actually sponsoring us. This is more just a shout out. Giving them advertisement because they need it. I love this. A small percent of listeners who are in Canada and Alberta. There's enough. I guess, like, I guess there are. It's like ninety percent of our listeners. That's true. Everyone awesome. in Florida hates us. <laughs> no one, no one here listens. Well, the haters are still gonna listen. Will they really though? Always. I think we got more like ignorers than than haters. <laughs> um, so parents, what are yeah, they what are they? What like? What are we? What are we sponsored by? Well. Now you're making it awkward. I can't say it now. No, we need to say it. Now you just gotta say it. Just, just do it really quick, like a bandage. Just rip it off. Okay. Why do you like rolling like a show intro? Oh, okay. So we're restarting. Yes. Okay. All right. <laughs> I actually personally like this little yeah. intro that we've been doing. Actually, I kind of like it because it's kind of a it's 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 carefree. I, I kind of like yeah. the beginning to an episode. I think that kind of that kind of gets everybody interested. Like, what is going on at first? Like, wait, what's happening? And then we kind of roll into it. I mean, I like that. But okay. So, show sponsor for episode whatever this is. <laughs> Please label it that way. <laughs> Episode, I don't know. Somewhere between like 9 and 13. I'm not entirely sure. I think it might be 12. 12 or 13. 12? Okay. Anyways, Rocky View Bison. Check them out. Rocky View Bison on Instagram. If you guys don't know, my parents do have a bison ranch. They're now going direct to seller with the meats. So you can get some bison at very good prices comparatively to what you buy at a butcher store or butcher shop or grocery store. Worth checking out. If you guys don't know, punch bison ground bison, bison steak, into your MyFitnessPal app. See the macros on it, it is absolutely insane. Super lean, hardly any fat, tons of protein. Tastes great, way tastier than steak, so do check them out. Do they ship to the United States? They do not. Well, if, uh, if you're not in you're screwed, so sorry. All right, just gotta work on that though. We're gonna work on it, that's all right. Well, they actually looked into it, and apparently if they do like enough to ship like a full freezer truck, they can do it, but to ship a full freezer truck is a lot. It's a lot. Like a, like a semi? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah we're, we're not doing that. I was wondering that question, too. It's like, like a whole, <laughs> whole semi-truck, or are we talking just like little... If we got the entire gym to go in on it, it might be okay. Like 10 gyms, probably. That much? Okay. It could be a chunk. But anyways, consistency. 
<laughs> we have sucked at this. Again, like we don't even know what number this is. We it's been way too long. We just put it off with our meat, my meat prep, and school, boards, and stuff. school, all the bullshit, COVID. We just had our excuses, and now it's time to get back and get these rolling again. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, so this kind of started um, in the gym when we were talking with Jesse. Um, mainly with consistency and like rehab, we see a lot of people who either are inconsistent with like their stretching or um, their drills and stuff like that. Um, like, what are the consequences that you tend to see when people are inconsistent, and like, what are the um, characteristics that you see of people who um, tend to be inconsistent? So. I mean, the, the biggest thing you see is that you're not going to improve no matter what you're trying to do, whether it's whether it's training, whether it's uh, getting better, whether it's healing. You're just not going to improve at the rate that you would like to improve, no matter what that is. And then the you know the, the characteristics that you're going to see is mainly frustration, um, and that frustration is is put out on not only the whether it's the the treating uh, physician, the coaching, the whatever. I mean, that's where the frustration comes in. And then all of a sudden it comes into this big, almost snowball effect of craziness that you, that no one seems to know how to handle. And then it's more of a sit down. Okay. Let's have a little chat about why this isn't working without trying to offend anybody in our delicate world now and trying to, uh, to get everybody back on track. And that's, that's frustrating. Um, I know it's definitely frustrating for me when I have patients do that. That's one of the most frustrating things I think that I have when I'm treating patients, trying to get them, especially my athletes. Uh, when, I, when I want to get them better, I know exactly what they need to do. I tell them exactly what they should be doing, but because sometimes it's not as quick or as fast as they would like it to be, um, and I get that from the athlete mentality. I understand that that is aggravating, but it's uh, it's one of these things where you're trying to, um, do, you wanna, do you wanna continue to, to go as fast as you want to get to somewhere without making some problems. I think uh, Seth actually mentioned something that you and Danny were talking about. I think Danny reached at the post. All right, here we go. So let's let's go with that. This made this made perfect sense. Let's continue this. If highway speed. Remember what it is. You say highway speed. Do you remember that post? About not getting ahead of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, on the along the lines of consistency. If you don't have consistency and whatever it is you're doing, you're trying to track, you're never going to have a means to gauge your progress, right? So that's where the frustration comes in because I think I should be somewhere and I'm not there, but I I haven't really set these tiny checkpoints because I didn't set it up by being consistent to be able to do that. So in those circumstances, like you can't, you can't really set a good like timeline. Um, You know, I want to be to point B by this date if you don't have any kind of consistency between you know, now and then. Um, and it's super easy to get caught up in the hype and just look at your goals and want to get there as fast as possible. But um, first steps first, right? Mm-hmm. I think it's like a matter of if you're going fast enough to get to your goal, trying to go faster is just going to fuck you up. Every time. With anything, with diet, with training, with rehab. If you're making a base that's sustainable and you can keep that base going and you're not pushing over that edge, no need to rush it, which is way easier said than done because we all want to get there faster. We all want, you know, we all want to put 100 pounds in a squat by next week, but put 100 pounds in your squat in a week, you're going to be hurting. Mm-hmm. I think 
two, when we're new and we do get away with that, that sets us up for failure because <laughs> we get spoiled, you know, with those kind of gains, whether it's rehab or strength or whatever. It's it's very easy in the beginning to progress, and then you always want that or you always expect that, and you have to come to terms that that that's not going to keep going that way, you know. But like you said, if you can keep positive momentum going, no matter how little or how big it is, you know that you're always going to be moving forward. Whereas if I overstep something. Um, there's a chance week to week that I could be taking a step or two back and that's you know obviously not the goal so keeping it moving forward as slow as need be uh, is always going to be your best route going mm -hmm. forward. Now, something I often tell lifters is that any amount of progress is still progress but something that I'm kind of starting to realize too that sometimes even just maintenance is still progress because you've been at that level for you know a day longer you've held that level for a week longer you're still you're still better than you were three weeks ago, but you've stayed there. If you can maintain it, you can hold on to it. You're, even if you aren't going forwards, it's still better than going backwards and it's still pushing in the right direction because it's letting you have the capacity to get better in the future versus you know pushing too hard again to try to make that or break the plateau and then setting yourself back. Like right now with my diet, like after my meat, I had a lot of bloat on me. So I mean, it came off really fast and I've kind of been stuck for two weeks now which I mean, on one side it's like, yeah, I could drop my calories further, or I can just chill out here, let my body settle and let things start picking up again on their own. No rush, I mean, I would like it to happen faster, but we all know that when I diet quickly, I end up getting very fat again very quickly. So don't want to do that. Yeah. So then when it comes to plateaus, at what point should we keep pushing on the same route that we're going? And at what point should we decide to change pace and um, either look in a different direction or um, get a different opinion. I think it's going to depend on a lot on the person and a lot on their situation. Mm -hmm. It's going to depend on how long that plateau is. Is there a plateau a week? Is there a plateau a month? Is there a plateau a year? Mm -hmm. Then we've got to ask why. Why are they stuck there? Are they stuck there because of something else outside of what they're trying to accomplish is in the way? Are they stuck there because their approach is wrong? Or are they stuck there because they're going too hard, trying to push too far, and nothing's happening because they're overstepping? Mm -hmm. So you got to ask them that question, try to figure that out, and then we can decide mm -hmm. whether or not changes are necessary or if they should just keep on doing what they're doing. So how would you know that somebody is overstepping? So like, is their strength not going up because they're constantly beat up and can't train hard enough to, or can't do enough to generate a stimulus? Or pain is inhibiting them from getting better? Mm -hmm. That'd be an easy indicator for that. Mm -hmm. At what point do you see, um, Jesse, that consistency is hindered because there are too many cooks in the kitchen? Immediately. It really, it happens almost immediately. It's one of the, probably the biggest frustrating parts. And I, and I, and I believe I can, I can say this for, for all health professionals, whether you're a, a trainer, a coach, a, a, a PT, it doesn't matter. I think that uh, Cairo, it, it's 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 when you when you develop these plans, and it's kind of going off with what y'all just said and what Seth was just answering the last question about. And Danny can definitely jump in here and, and, and agree, disagree, and and, hope, and go around this. But the idea is that 
when you, you start reaching these plateaus and you're not seeing that progress, this is where it's important to have someone there, a professional there with the experience and the knowledge to be able to, mm -hmm. to go, especially at the, the elite level that we're, that we're talking about here. I mean, especially those types of lifters and even, and even beginner lifters, it's important for them to be able to have that coaching and that understanding of what's happening. But it's important for that, uh, those athletes to have somebody that's a professional to say, hey, this is, you are plateauing, to look out for them, to say, this is what we need to see, this is where we need to go, this is how we're supposed to be progressing forward. And if that's not happening, be able to tell them that and have them humble themselves down enough to say, okay, this is what I need to do next. What I see a lot of times is that normally my treatments, for instance, they last anywhere from three to six weeks. Those are the treatment plans that I put out. So those treatment plans are there for a reason. When someone puts a treatment plan out, the reason you do three to six weeks and not 17 weeks or whatever else when you're going into these things and not crazy and absurd things that are gonna last months, the point is to have a reevaluation done to be able to determine if this particular treatment is the best course of action for that athlete or that patient. Just like Seth had mentioned, it has to be about person to person. Usually during that three to six weeks, what I do see sometimes, and it's mainly the frustrating, don't, don't get me wrong, this doesn't happen all the time, but when it does, these are the frustrating patients that you can see and, and athletes that you want to take care of that you're just... You're like, what, what are you doing? Like, I'm going to fix it. Calm down. But it's like they're, if they're not seeing the progress immediately or as fast as they believe it should, all of a sudden they're like, no, 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 that's not going to work. Let me go on YouTube. Let me go jump to this next professional. Let me go see this one. Let me see what their idea is. Before you know it, you've got 14. And then they do the same thing with that one, with that professional, whether it's a, a, a PT, a therapist, or whatever it is, or a coach. They're going to do the exact, they're going to do what they say for a little while, still trying to do a little bit what I just said, but then mixing a little bit of what they said. And then all of a sudden that's not working so they're like nope then they jump to the next person and then before you know it they've got 14 different professionals telling them different things that are counteracting the original thing that we talked about in order to fix the problem which then wraps everything all around and next thing you know they're in more pain they have more issues they have more weaknesses they have more stuff that they're not that we now we have to go back and try and resolve and this entire treatment plan is now going to be even longer than it was before something that would have lasted three to six weeks and maybe moved on to something else, maybe been referred to somebody else and would have continued to move forward into the next phase of their care has now turned into another 16, 18, 20 week problem that they could have had resolved. That's going to lead to more money, more frustration that on, on their end, and not only the frustration and aggravation on the uh, practitioner's end or the coach's end, that's going to happen. I mean, that's uh, so it's it's really a, it's an aggravating thing that I, that I hope now that we've been discussing this, hopefully people will realize that. And the biggest thing I want you to get from that is that when you do decide to hire a coach or find somebody to take care of you or to treat a problem that you're having, do your research on that particular coach or athlete or, or practitioner and say, okay, this is what they know, this is their knowledge base. When they give you that plan, stick to it. Be consistent with it, stay with it. Don't just jump to the next thing. Pace yourself, believe in what's happening and trust that process that we're trying to go on because the experience is here and that's why we're giving it to you. Mm -hmm. What are your thoughts there, Dan? I do think it's, I mean, it's very, very common. Um, my athletes, I want you guys to pay attention to this. It's extremely common for, like you said, too many cooks in the kitchen. We get overwhelmed. We try and do things. We change them up again, not being consistent and just not, not fully implementing any one of the, the things. Even they could all be right, but if you're not fully doing them, you know, if you're half-assing three of them, you're going to get half-assed results. That's just what it comes down to. But on the other end of that, playing devil's advocate, if you are working with multiple people and multiple people are working together to help you, mm -hmm. 
that can also be extremely beneficial. So like any of my athletes that I have going to NKT specialists, chiro, physical therapists, um, whomever it might be, I always basically tell them to interrogate the, the person and I want to report back or better yet, if they can get an email from the, from the chiro or whomever, um, shoot them my way. That way I have kind of their insight, their feedback. I may not fully agree with it, but at least, you know, if you live in Michigan and I can't get hands on you, there's, there's nothing better than seeing a patient in person, right? So I may not be able to fully assess or fully agree with everything they said, but I do have to give that person some credit because they were there in person to move you around to see how your you know, muscles fire and don't fire and things like that. So um, I do think it can be beneficial, but again, you have to have everyone working in unison. You can't just have you know, five different directions you're trying to follow and no one you know, is putting the pieces together um, and it's just on you. And obviously you don't know what the hell's going on or else you wouldn't be seeing five other people to try and fix you. Um, but again, you know, being consistent, putting everything together and fully implementing and then just keeping open communication between the, the experts that are trying to help you uh, will go a long way. Mm-hmm. And kind of on that note too about too many cooks in the kitchen, there's lots of times we'll have like an athlete that's coached by someone else ask me, hey, what do you think about this or what do you think I should do with this? And I always start by saying, listen to your coach. This is what I think, but listen to your coach because they know you, they know what's going on, they know what's coming next in the program, they know what you've done in the program. I don't know any of this shit. Asking me takes it totally out of context and what I could be saying could lead you down the wrong road. And lots of times with like Danny having so many athletes in our gym, lots of times I'll get asked something and I'll just say, listen to Danny. Danny knows what he's doing. I, within Danny's program, I don't know how to make that work. I don't know what his goals are for this phase of training. Let them have the reins. Like, we'll give them like a little bit of something on what I think about it. But again, his word is the law there just because it's it's his word, it's his program, it's what he's doing. And although we might not agree on everything training-wise or training philosophy-wise, that's not saying that his stuff doesn't work. Take his stuff, apply it to his program, it works perfectly. Take my stuff, apply it to his program, it might not work. Take his stuff, put it in what I do programming-wise, it might not work. It's just a matter of you know, listening to the experienced coach, listening to what they have because their philosophy should work for their everything they do. And Danny brought up a great point, and it's absolutely 100%. I wish more people worked with this and did this, but it's it's working together. And I, and, I, and I say this a lot, and I preach this a lot. I know Seth has heard me say it in class many times, and I've talked about that, about how it's not about trying to fight every other professional around to try and be better than this person and that person. It's got to be about the patient. It's got to be about the, the athlete. It's got to be about them. So when you're, when you're doing this, you have to have an open line of discussion. You know, I know Danny and I have talked many times about different people that I'm treating that he's also coaching. And we've talked about things, agree or disagree. We still have an open line of communication. I leave things alone or he'll leave things alone or he'll discuss things. And that's how you end up making the best for the athlete. That's how you develop a better treatment plan. And I think that's the the biggest thing when we're talking about this is, uh, especially coming from a consistency type of thing, is when you are doing it, make sure you're getting the same thing or that you're, the people that you're working with are at least talking to each other and discussing things. And I think that's that's very important. I think that's, and I know that's why Danny's had great success with the athletes he's taking care of. And I know that's why I've had great success with a lot of the patients that I have is because I'm willing to open my mind and talk to different people and have discussions with that. And if I need to say, okay, you know what? dump my ego for a second and let me learn something which is important because we can all learn from each other no matter what 
uh, is going on. There's always something to learn from somebody. I've learned so much from everyone in this room so far that I've been doing stuff. It, it's, it's just amazing how much better I've got, not only as a teacher, as a doctor, as a person, just from being around people, but that's what also being consistent really means. You realize Cole's in this room too, right? You've learned, you've learned from him? I have. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you just made his year. <laughs> One thing I did want to touch on, like on the topic of ego, I think a lot of athletes are afraid to bring up, especially if it's an opposing point of view, but just bring up the topic that someone else said this, you know, and you're speaking with, let's just say your chiro or massage therapist or whatever, um, and they're afraid to like offend them or just afraid to bring up, you know, a different view. But honestly, like if it were me or anyone that I were working with, I would much rather have you... um, using all of the the knowledge that we can gather and pull it up and then focus it in a, in a directed manner to make it most effective i'm never going to be offended like again if, if i can't see you in person i want to utilize all of the experts in your area that we can because that's just going to make my job easier right and then that makes you happy i'm happy they're probably happy because you're in their hair less and it just it works out better for everyone that way so don't be afraid um to address these things. You might have some experts that are, you know, force you to call them doctor and they're probably not gonna be great to work with, but um, for the most part, I think everyone that cares about the patient is gonna be more than willing to hear you out and, you know, listen to different viewpoints, so. On the other side of consistency with rehab, how many times have you heard an athlete that goes through a rehab plan, gets better, gets feeling better, and then they stop doing everything that got them feeling better, and it just comes back. I've had that happen a ton earlier on with my shoulder, and now I've kind of realized with myself, like, although I don't need to be doing the same rehab plan that got my shoulder better, I still need to be doing some of it at least a couple times a week, or the shoulder goes back. So for an athlete that's just done with their rehab program that's feeling better, how do they know how much they still need to do? Because no one wants to do all of that every single day. And how they know like when they can back off and when they're safe. Or is that just way too broad of a question? I don't think it's broad of a question. Go then. Um, I, I would say treat it like anything else. If you can taper down and find a definitive point where maybe I drop back to five times a week instead of seven, and then three times a week instead of five, and maybe you drop to one time per week. You know, certain things are going to require more more maintenance work, and others are going to require less. So, um, again, being consistent and having like actual data you can use is extremely important. So if you can scale it back quantifiably, then you kind of know, at least for your body at that point in time, maybe I need to do this twice a week and then everything is perfectly fine. Whereas once a week and things start going awry, you know, Mm -hmm. so. Just a matter of listening to the body and instead of just going cold turkey and stopping, pay attention to how your body's reacting and go from there. Danny said that perfectly. I got nothing to add to that. It's perfect. Numbers. Numbers are helpful. (laughs) So one thing um, with consistency um, is that we tend to... Sorry, the dog is freaking out right now. Cole, can you let her out? Okay, apparently not. Um, (laughs) I, I personally find that I need to attach things like stretching or um, like meal prep and stuff to like they need to become habits for me or I won't do them at all because I have ADD and I tend to completely forget like I can go an entire day without doing something and then at like nine o'clock and I'll be like oh fuck I didn't do like five of the things that like I was supposed to be doing consistently today 
Um, and I read Atomic Habits like a year ago. I don't know if you guys have read that book yet. It's actually really good. Um, I recommend that everyone that like struggles with habits read it. Um, but there was like one anecdote in it where um, it was talking about a man who like constantly was forgetting to clean his toilet. And then he would like once a month end up having to do like this great big job where it took him half an hour to clean his toilet. When it really ended up, he decided one day that he was going to clean his toilet every day before he took a shower. So it ended up being like a really quick wipe where it took 10 seconds and then he, he never had to spend that 30 minutes once a month trying to clean his toilet. So what I kind of took from that um, was that I need to attach habits like stretching to other tasks. So if I put something in the microwave, I'll do my rotator cuff stretch for the 30 seconds that something is in the microwave. Or if I've got, um, like before I go into the shower, I'll use a towel to stretch out my chest. So do you guys have any sort of like tips like that that people could help to be more consistent? First, I'd like to say that I feel very personally attacked by your little anecdote there. Because you never clean the toilet? <laughs> <laughs> and we stop. <laughs> Convenient example. Um, I, I do like rotator cuff stretch specifically I'll do in the shower because I just like to have the hot like water on the area yeah. while I do it. But that's probably about the only one that I like attached to any other task really outside of the gym. I'll always do my highest priority stretching or movement while my breakfast is microwaving. So it gives me about five minutes to go through a couple stretches or go through a couple movements and I can get that done before the day starts and it's really easy. Mm-hmm. We're so connected with our phones and, and uh, electronics now. I mean, it's so easy just to set alarms, different alarm settings, just every so often, just for a few seconds here and there uh, throughout your day to be able to get in stretches. Cause that's, you know, that's the thing that we see a lot of times is people think, well, I'm gonna do it right after I work out. Okay, I hear that all the time. Well, how often you stretch it right after our workout? Okay, that that that's not enough. Like we need to we need to do this more. You need to have this in the morning when you wake up at lunchtime or this. So setting some alarms uh, can definitely be helpful uh, uh, to be able to do that to be able to get that in. And just like you said, man, I mean that was perfect. I mean d- during cooking breakfast or doing something real quick while you're mm-hmm. uh, going into something. I mean, it's something so easy and simple to do. Um, I'll find myself doing stretches when I'm, when I am working, like cleaning up the house and stuff like that. If I'm doing mm-hmm. some things on a weekly basis, when I clean certain things, I'll just find myself stretching a little bit here while I'm waiting for something to happen while I'm doing some other type of job. Um, it's, it's developing the more you do that, the better it gets at it. You know, it takes four weeks to develop a habit. And it takes 90 days to develop an actual lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you can be consistent about that for the four weeks up into the 90 days, um, it's uh, it will actually change your life completely to be able to do that. But that's just something that it's uh, it's kind of a, a mental thing that you have to work with. And any little things that you can do to help that out um, really can, can improve it. Uh, you know, I've said it before, movement is the key to this whole health thing. You know, if you want to stay healthy and do whatever it is you want to do, you have to continue to move no matter what it is. You have to do that, which is where the stretching comes in. We we're sedentary way too much uh, than we should be. So getting up and just moving around and setting those alarms I've found has really helped out me. And I know it's helped out a lot of patients. Okay. Alarms are difficult for me. I feel like I've given that advice to people before too, but I will never set an alarm on my phone for, I mean, I will, but even if I will, I'll be sitting down on the couch and I'll be like, Nope. <laughs> oh, I should probably stretch right now. But then, I, I, then I'm like, oh, I could probably go on Instagram right now while my phone's out. <laughs> 
it's just it's that attachment, man, and it's so it's so hard to to do that to where we get everything um, everything done. So I mean, I, I think your advice was perfect. I think that's yeah. great. Trying to mix it into daily activities as much as you can. Um, I know that's hard, but picking those things, picking if you're cooking breakfast like you were doing. Okay, there's one thing. When you're you know going to get lunch, maybe you're getting out of the office and you know you're doing that. Do it there in between your Netflixing or whatever else you're doing and all this other stuff. A lot of times now, especially because we're home so much now because of all the current situation that the world is in, we have all the different ways of doing uh, streaming services. But because of the streaming services, they've given it to you for free or no money, but they have commercials that go with it. Anytime a commercial pops on, make that an opportunity to just get up. Don't just sit there and grab your phone. Get up and do some type of, of, of stretching. I mean, I think you, you nailed it the first thing you mm -hmm. said. I don't think there's any other way to, there's no better way to say that. It's just. Is it weird that I actually miss commercials for that exact reason? Like it was like a set break where like. Possible, there it is. And when I was like really young and like looking back at this, it's like no, no wonder why I turned out the way I did in terms of like, like wanting to go to the gym every day. But every time that there was a commercial when I was growing up, I would be like either doing sit-ups or a stretch or like at one point there was like a summer where I was trying to get to 100 push-ups. So every time there was a commercial, I just started doing push-ups. I miss, I miss commercials. Like I didn't actually watch them, but they were like run to the washroom, run back in 30 seconds. Or, you know, do something. And now we have the opportunity to do that with all the free streaming they have. I mean, most of those <laughs> things have it, man. You get on any one of those streaming services now besides Netflix. Netflix is the only one that hasn't done it. Is. But they're, they're, all the other ones, uh, you get on, if you get on Hulu, you get on any of the other ones that are there. Dude, they, they just, they're always these little uh, commercials. Even the Roku channel. You get on the Roku channel, it's completely free, but every so often it'll stop and boom, there's a little commercial for 30 seconds or a minute mm -hmm. or something like that. It's, it's crazy. Um, but I think that's the probably the best thing to do, especially because we're all cooped up at home now, mm -hmm. not doing a whole lot of stuff. And I think back to solidifying habits, I think something that people need to do too if they're having trouble with locking them in is just remember your goal and remember what you're doing to get there and remember why you're doing it. I think like with me, it's like, yeah, there are lots of days where I don't want to go for my walk or I don't want to do my cardio or I don't want to stretch or I don't want to do my mobility work. But I just have to remember like, hey, this is why I'm doing it. This is what it's going to get me. So. I really want that goal, so I'm gonna go do it. And it's not even like a matter of motivation, it's just a matter of wanting the goal so much that you don't even need motivation anymore. It, no, sorry, go on. No, no, it's, it's even, going off of what you just said, I think that's also a great thing Seth, to say, but it was also having having a group or some type of, a, of, of, of network that just keeps you accountable I think is important as well having having that more than more than anything now is having some type of network that's going to keep you accountable whether it be the coaching whether it be friends whether it be family whatever it is but getting uh, you know someone I mean just like just like y'all I mean I know that you both there are days that you may not want to go train you may not want to do that that day. It's just, nope, this is just a bad day. I've seen that. You've posted about that before. Both of you have. Today just wasn't a fun day for training, but because Mana helped you out or Seth helped you out to be able to do this, you were able to go out there and train and be consistent and actually continue to go mm -hmm. through. I think that's also something else, too, that if you maybe you don't have that, find that. There's groups all over the place that are people that can help you with that accountability. They're on Instagram. They're on Facebook now. They're, they're all over the place. You don't have to pay for it. I mean, mm -hmm. really, you could have something like that all the time that can help you and motivate you for that as well 
just to kind of send a text message to it and just say, hey, how did those stretches go today? Hey, how did this happen today? What's mm-hmm. going on with this? Some some coaches, some docs may even do that for you, and I think they should. I know I do that to the majority of my patients. I'll always check up on them and see how they're doing and make sure they're doing it and keep them accountable for mm-hmm. what's happening. But that can also be something to do to help you with um, working on that consistency and uh, doing mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. And that kind of brings back the importance of training with a crew. Yeah. And like why so many people who are just in their garage alone or at a commercial gym trying to power lift or even out of powerlifting gym but not training with the group, you're shooting yourself in the foot just because you don't have that support system around you. Mm-hmm. I think that's like the biggest thing that's wrong with this like internet powerlifting era is because everyone wants their snowflake program. But sure, like yeah, an, an, an individualized <laughs> program can help you, but if there's eight people doing an individualized program all in different power racks in the same gym and not training together, not giving each other feedback, they're losing out on so much just because live feedback is so much more valuable. Mm-hmm. Now, the people giving you the feedback might not be as educated or experienced as the coach that's writing the program for you, but they still do have that advantage of being there. Mm-hmm. They may not have the right advice, but at least they can point things out. Yeah, I mean, that kind of goes back to what I was saying about someone having the opportunity to have hands-on, even if they're not as qualified or they're not seeing the same exact things. They're still seeing things that you know maybe your coach can't see on video or just like different angles or things like that or you know if you don't message your coach in real time you know you do get that real time feedback and that's definitely helpful um, but having the crew there for accountability is is I think the easiest and most convenient way and probably the most consistent because then you don't have to rely on yourself right mm-hmm. <clears throat> I think that's like part of the reason why both me and I have gotten so much better since coming to Florida it's not only like we both had training crews down here but this is the first before coming down here this is the first time we've had a crew where there are people on a similar level to us in education in desire in goals and it's so cool to have all that kind of come together to make everyone else better mm-hmm. so find a training crew don't be shy don't be afraid to talk to people um no danny you have quite a few clients right now um, i know like the people that we're all surrounded by don't really need motivation to go to the gym four times a week, five times a week. Do you find that you've got any clients that like really need a push to be consistent? Do you find you have anybody who um, like you'll catch up with on like your Sunday check-in day and like they haven't gone to the gym or they haven't done the rehab stuff? And like, what do you recommend for people who do lack consistency and kind of lack that motivation? Um, Well, training is the easy one. Uh, Most anyone who seeks out a coach and hires them is already obviously motivated enough to want someone else to hold them accountable. So as long as I'm telling them you know, what to do and what I expect of them, uh, I've not really had any issues with anyone being too inconsistent getting into the gym. Now with the holidays and COVID going around and all this stuff, it has been definitely a lot more difficult lately uh, than it has been in the past, but um, the rehab work and the mobility stuff is definitely where people tend to lag because that's the one where we don't get instant gratification, right? Like when you hit a PR, you're you know overwhelmed with all these hormones and emotions, and it's just instantly you know a great feeling. Whereas if I'm just stretching or doing some release work or whatever it might be, um, no one gets like super stoked about having ten more degrees of hip flexion. Mm-hmm. Not most people, anyway. Um, but you should. It's just not as sexy, right? Um, so that's the tough one to get people to stay consistent with. And um, I would say probably half 
half to two thirds do a very good job, and then you know the the other third or so um, they struggle with it. But you know it's it's real life. I struggle with it myself. You know we all go through periods where we swap priorities around, or life just gets too stressful and we get overwhelmed and we shut down and things like that. So um, from a coach's standpoint, like you can't just come down on them like dad and give them the fucking you know guilt trip about it but um you do have to hold them accountable at the same time so sometimes you have to be delicate with wording while still you know being encouraging mm-hmm. i think that kind of is part of like everyone who power lifts has to like training if you power lift and you don't like training you're in the wrong fucking sport so you should just quit but it's like the things like the mobility like the rehab like the even diet it's not really fun mm-hmm. And because it's not fun, it's so much harder to want to do, and then you get lost, and that's when you need that little accountability push. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing too, if people can't get um, like a training crew, and they really do lack accountability um, in terms of consistency, I think it would be really important for people to seek out either a coach or somebody like. Um, I think there are some people who are doing like online PT stuff right now. People are like really lacking accountability if they can't get to a good PT in person um, and like a nutrition coach as well. Because I find a lot of people who don't have a coach and aren't really educated in like training principles and nutrition principles, they'll often just kind of like jump and grab onto whatever newest program comes out or whatever newest diet comes out or whatever newest um, like stretches on Instagram rather than like finding a consistent program to stick with. So if you don't even know where to start in terms of consistency, I would highly recommend um, getting a coach or a nutrition coach or something like that that's more educated than you that can guide you and keep you accountable. Not even like more educated than you, just someone to keep you accountable can even help. Yeah. Like they don't need to be a genius. And most of the time, like- No. Just someone to be like, hey, don't eat that shit. That's that's really all I need. As long as they know enough to not give you bad advice. Yeah. I think that would be helpful. Yeah. The not, the not giving bad advice is pretty important. <laughs> Fine. So so I have a I have, I have a question here that's going to be fun to play with. Let's let's do this because I've had this question before and and I, and I can't lie it's been it's been difficult to answer the question sometimes. But we're talking about getting coaching whether it be training coaching, nutritional coaching, coming to see a chiropractor, going to see a physical therapist. You, you see where I'm getting ready to get with this in a minute? Where where does one find the money to go about doing this as far as that goes? Because that's where people come into it. And they're like, oh, well, I don't have the money to do this, or I can't do this, or I can't afford this. So how do I do it without spending crazy amounts of money? How would you do it to say that someone wants to train, they have the want to train, the desire to train, and I don't want to tell somebody they can't do that because then it's, you know, because then you can say, well, you don't get in the sport. But that's not that's not fair. That's not fair to say that. Some people just right now couldn't afford. I know when I was going through school, I couldn't have afforded coaching, nutritional stuff or doing any of that kind of thing. So it's all about, you know, where do we find the the support system that we can keep talking about? Where, where do we go to find those types of things? What are your thoughts on that? Well, if you can't afford it, start selling drugs. <laughs> no. Nah. Silly party. Yeah. Nah. I knew this was gonna take a take a thing. I was all I was even gonna say on a, on a side note too, Nanny. You know, he was just talking about how you know, yeah, PRs are great and stretching isn't sexy. But have you ever seen Danny stretch? Yeah, it's pretty sexy. 
gets me excited. <laughs> Danny is now the color of his shirt, which is like a tri-blend red. So I think, like, I, I digress. Keep going. Right now with social media, there are so many coaches or so many educated people who are on there. That's what I wanted. And 90% of them are happy to answer your questions without charging you. As long as you're not fucking annoying and answering, asking stupid questions like every hour of every single day, they're going to help you. I know that, you know, I myself have asked people questions on there and gotten tremendous feedback, tremendous help. Some people have asked me questions that I've been able to point in the right direction and mm-hmm. I'm always stoked to do it even if they aren't paying me. Because I mean, the reason I'm doing this is I want to help people I want to pass on, so mm-hmm. ask away. That's what I want. I just, I knew that was going to be the answer, but I just wanted to make sure that we at least said that because I could just see people asking that question. Well, how do I, how do I do this? You know, what, what's the, especially a new lifter. I mean, they don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. Someone <clears throat> new coming into the sport or any, any athlete, they just, where do I go? How do I, how do I go about doing this? Who do I contact? I mean, of course I know they can contact y'all. They can contact Danny and we'll make sure we, by the time mm-hmm. we're done to make sure they know how to do that. But it's important for people to know where they can go to at least get started with this. Cause that's the, one of the biggest problems usually taking that first step is trying to figure out how do I. Like, great, I got a barbell. All right. <laughs> what do I do next? <laughs> I think it's also important to think, like, in terms of the finances. There are a lot of people who are just not prioritizing their finances in the right area. And when it comes to people who are like, well, I don't want to spend money on a nutrition coach, a lot of them are going out drinking or going out for food and spending, like, if it's $150 for, like, a nutrition coach, sometimes even less than that. And people are spending way more than that a month, like, sometimes double, triple that on going to a restaurant for, with, with their with their fiance or their wife or whatever it is, or going out for drinks, it's like, you're just not prioritizing it. Exactly. Sometimes even for people who are doing like um, shitty training programs on like just something that they found, um, you know, off the internet, ours, ours are pretty good. But, um, but then they're spending a lot of money going to, um, like for rehab, like for coffee, but like say somebody does decides to do small of or something, and maybe they get their percentages wrong. But why? Yeah, but why? But then how much money are they going to spend after that tr- in treatments in Cairo and physical therapy? Because they didn't want to spend money on a coach. A lot. Yeah, a lot. I've been answering, like, I've been on like Reddit powerlifting just to answer questions, just to try to like spread the word of activated a bit more. And it's like every third post is like running small of, feel like I'm going to die. What do I do? Stop that. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Before it's too late. Yeah. <laughs> but really, though, so it's like, it's just this weird thing on the internet where everyone, like, wants to run their stupid, insane, high-frequency, whatever, Russian bullshit peaking program. But it's like, has anyone strong ever actually ran that and had success? Not since Nam. I mean, even, even the... <clears throat> I'm just going to call them all Russians because I don't know where they're from, but like all the guys that are top, you know, Europeans at this point, none of them are running anything similar to that. No. Because you get good, if you're lucky, you get good fast and then you burn out and you die. Maybe literally, but either way, your career is over. Like as soon as you get, you know, so far like down the rabbit hole and accrue with these injuries and I'm assuming they don't rehab anything in Russia. Um, you know, your career is basically over, and you've just shot yourself in the foot. Um, I forgot where I was going. I shouldn't have mentioned small off. No, no. Yeah. it's just like <laughs> that was fun. Just fear. Yeah. That's, all I, that's all I get when I hear that word. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that, like, to go back to my point, like some people are doing these high frequency programs because they think that they can't afford a coach, 
Um, and then they're spending a lot of money on, on rehab um, methods after that. So it's like, I think that a lot of people do actually have the money. It's just a matter of prioritizing it. And I think you get that right on the head. I mean, and that's kind of where I was going with it. I just thought it would spur a conversation, which it did, which, which is did. exactly what I wanted to do with it. I just thought it would be interesting for anyone asking, because I, I feel like that's a question, especially the younger lifters coming up that are, that are possibly doing stuff for different listeners that are just kind of mm-hmm. struggling right now, trying to figure out what that is. I think that's straight up. I mean, yes, it's prioritizing what you want and where you want it to be. And I get that. Um, and it's also finding that, that just networking where you can ask people and so now that they know that it's okay to do it normally right now people just need to be it's okay to do this go ahead and ask the question it's perfectly fine or even if you're not comfortable like specifically reaching out to a person um, you can follow you know there's tons of free content out there not all of us good but not all of us terrible either so just follow you know a handful of people that seem like they have their shit together and figure it out Um, you can you know, put the pieces together. One of the biggest things I, I like with newer lifters is for them to figure out their own stuff and the way their body works. Um, it is definitely helpful to have someone guide you to make sure you don't do anything like drastically dumb, but there's nothing more valuable than learning how to um, train appropriately in terms of creating fatigue, but also rehabbing your own issues. And that's gonna definitely take some guidance, but like the training aspect, is just a lot of trial and error because your body isn't exactly the same as anyone else's and your body's not exactly the same you know at different points in your life so there's always going to be a learning curve there in terms of uh, how you respond to different stimuli and like with that too it's like what works early on in your career isn't actually going to work later on it isn't going to just because you know your leverage is going to change you're going to get banged up in different spots your lifestyle is going to change. So many things are going to change throughout your training career that you're going to have to figure things out and modify it as as you need to. Like my squat is so much different than it was when I first started powerlifting. It's so much different than it was three years ago. It's just a matter of you know adapting to my current needs, adapting my mobility, adapting to what doesn't hurt me anymore. And that's really it. Mm-hmm. So be adaptable. Learn. Learn to think for yourself. Learn to critically think. And I think that's something that's really missing in powerlifting and in rehab right now is so many people just want to regurgitate instead of, you know, trying, experimenting, seeing how it works for them, and then making an assessment. Let me just make one note on that because I get bombarded with this a lot. Critically thinking does not necessarily mean overanalyzing the fuck out of everything. You don't have to have a super specific pinpoint answer as to why there's some form of dysfunction going on with your hips in the squat or with your shoulder in the bench. Like, especially if you're whomever is trying to help you takes a movement-based approach, it doesn't matter if it's one little tiny like supporting muscle. What matters is we get the movement working properly and everything is firing in the order that it should and then you're stable. So don't lose hours of sleep at night you know, doing research about your pectineus, you know, because your training partner said that that seems to be your issue with your hip shift and your squat. Um, don't, don't go overboard with the thinking. I do think it's important to critically think, and it is definitely important to pay these things mind. Don't just ignore them and hope that they go away by taking a one-week deload. Um, but also, don't drive yourself and your coach and your chiropractor crazy, uh, freaking out about every little thing. Mm-hmm. Cool. Agreed. What about a what about a wrap up here with some stuff that we're thinking about? 
How are we, uh, what are we looking at? For things? I think we have a lot. You just kind of fed a nice little thing, and I think he was saying some stuff. I thought this would be nice. Like, what about, what? How we have a list of things to do for consistency, Seth? Yeah, go what for it. What are thinking? I don't make lists here. <laughs> You're the one that makes lists. I was trying to see if you, you would take the reins on that. No, hell no. <laughs> Sometimes I just like wait an extra two seconds before saying something to see if Seth will. Well, anyways, <laughs> um, to wrap things up when it comes to consistency, um, some big keys were um, basically to trust your coach, um, to find a good training crew to keep you accountable. Accountability is going to be incredibly important, whether it comes from your coach or from your training crew or um if you need help with um, habits, start tying them to, to things. Um, reading the book Atomic Habits is definitely um, a really good place to start if you haven't read that yet. Um, what else did we talk about here? We talked about um, following a path, um, trying to be a critical thinker, but also not um, paralyzing yourself by overanalyzing things. Um, I think that's about it, guys. And don't be afraid to ask questions because people are willing to help. Yeah. Just be consistent, guys. Be accountable. Be consistent. F finding be what works. Yeah, finding what works best for you in terms of being consistent. You know, if, if mm -hmm. you're the type that you don't like relying on other people and, you know, that's just your demeanor, then try the alarm setting or just, like mm -hmm. you said, try tying it to your daily tasks. So something that you know you're going to do every day. Um, do whatever mobility or stretching you know you can during short periods throughout the day or you know every time you pick up your phone and look at instagram um, do a stretch you know so, something very simple that is going to be easy to remember and you know that you're going to get the work done cool on that note thank you guys for coming in today where can people find you uh instagram the daniel tenehero super similar facebook daniel tenehero Cool. You sure it's not Timmy Jero now? Isn't that how they spelt it on the on the roster? I don't I don't know. It's always different. <laughs> and you're off of all socials right now, hey? I am, but you can definitely still uh, you can still get it because I still get alerts that someone sent me a message through Instagram. Okay. So you can they can still do that. The chiropractic biomechanic on Instagram. Or if you really want to, you can go to um, Palmer College of Chiropractic and just knock uh, on the door <laughs> under, <laughs> under the faculty thing, and you can find me there. There's yeah. a direct line to me right there. Absolutely. Yeah. Or maybe uh, you know enroll and become a chiropractor. I don't know. That's probably not feasible for ninety nine percent of the people. But man, more lifters should. I agree. I'm actually completely shocked at how many people in our program aren't lifters or how many lifters aren't doing this or going this route I, but anyways I, I, I agree I, I think that the profession is is moving in that direction fast mm -hmm. and uh, it's uh, I think it's important for more lifters and athletes in, athletes general. in general to really move into the chiropractic profession mm -hmm. cool on that note thanks for listening guys um, have a good one